Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and our Wonder Women in Business podcasts give a voice to those women who, has a, who have a story that's meaningful, moving, and compelling. We share their stories with the world so that in their shining, they give permission to others to shine. Tune in to Freeman Means Business on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Radio Public for our great episode starring Women Who Move the Needle. Today's fabulous guest is Deirdre Breckenridge of Pure Performance Communications. First off, let me say what an honor it is to have you on the show today, Deirdre. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Well, I want you to know a little secret. Um, I never even imagined that I would even virtually meet you or ever host a podcast with you. But back when I was getting my master's in communications, I did independent study under a professor who was a huge fan of yours. And he actually bought me your 2012 book, Social Media and Public Relations. <laughs> Oh, really? Isn't that great? Isn't that great? That's awesome. So I have to tell you, I never even imagined I would meet the author of one of my favorite books. Um, For the listeners, yeah, for the listeners, I suggest you uh, run out and buy not only that book, um, but Deirdre's newest book, which I am going to buy, download, read, get the hard copy and the paperback. Um, of and it's called Answers for Modern Communicators. Would you like to tell us a little bit about your new book before we proceed? Oh gosh, yes. Thank you so much. Um, I wrote Answers for Modern Communicators because I was getting so many questions. It's, it's a Q and A book, and hundreds of questions were flowing in. Whether it was through Twitter, LinkedIn, my blog, Skype, uh, my students, professionals. And I grouped them all into different areas or categories. And before I knew it, I had a book that talks a lot about uh, reputation, measurement, building relationships, taking your content to new plateau, what it means to be truly social. Um, So that's kind of how my book came together. It's one big book of mentoring. I do answer the questions and I have friends who answer as well, but it's really to start conversations and to get other people talking and giving their answers too. So I love the, um, it's a really easy to follow question answer format. Um, I I, I am definitely, so I've taken a peek at the book, obviously. Um, I am definitely going to purchase it and share it. I like to buy books for people, people who know me. Um, Probably I would say the majority of my friends have gotten books from me for holiday gifts and whatnot. Uh, They always know it'll be a book if it comes from me. So your book will be on my list of gifts for this holiday. Thank you so much, Susan. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. So I think that people in our business, I know what I do is a little different and what you do is a little different. Um, People in our business can't always nail down our identity. Like if someone says, what do you do? We do so much, we wear so many hats, how do you, answer that. So, so I always like to respond with more questions to find out what they need. And then I say, I do that. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. There's a lot of layers of questions that you have to ask to get to the root of something. Well, I love that this book has a lot of real life examples. It makes it easy to relate to and, and we can see ourselves in your work. So terrific, terrific. Can't wait. Can't wait to get the book. Thank you. All righty. So 
Let me ask you a little bit about yourself, your education, occupation, community involvement, things that are important to you that you'd like the audience to hear. So I like to say that I've um, grown up <laughs> in public relations. Um, I was one of those students who, I guess I was a, a sophomore in, in high school when I, my guidance counselor said, oh, you're such a good writer. I, I won an essay contest. Um, he said, you can go into public relations or journalism. And the more I learned about PR, the more I loved it. So of course, I, that's what I got my BA in. Um, I also got my MBA in marketing because I wanted to expand my knowledge base. Um, and I was, um, I guess, just destined to be a part of the agency world. I spent 10 years working for other companies and then all of a sudden realized, ooh, I can do this on my own and I launched my own little business and then I got acquired by a larger agency in New Jersey, spent 13 or so years um, you know, running and operating an agency and now I'm a communications consultant. I've always been a storyteller and I call myself a chief relationship agent and I love to help people find their voices and to be able to get out their stories through the right platforms and to grow your brand through really good relationships. So that's what I do. That's wonderful. So I totally relate with that, which is probably why you're one of my sheroes, I like to say. Uh, <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I would love to say, uh, okay, so I had announced that I was going to be podcasting with you to my 15,000 followers on social media. And one of my colleagues wrote to me to say um, she was a keynote speaker on June 5th, 2010, the PRSA Incoming Leadership Conference in New York, and she was absolutely riveting. Oh, my. That's yeah. such a huge compliment. That's, Isn't that great? That's so nice to hear. Well, well please thank that professional for me. <laughs> well, actually, um, um, she actually was the 2011 PRSA Houston president. So that is quite um, a, a, a kind thing for her to say and quite a person to say it. So to have the president of the PRSA in Houston say that about you is amazing. So I knew that. Now the rest of the world on my end, my followers know that too. Well, that is very kind. It well, makes me feel so good because I, I love to share my knowledge, everything that I've learned. Um, it's all about community. And, you know, as one big community, we sort of have to pay it forward and always be helping one another and educating and reverse mentoring. So I believe in all of that. Folks, I can definitely assure you she does believe in all that. Um, her podcasts are incredible. If you haven't subscribed, do so. I listen to them on iTunes. In fact, um, I love the opening where she introduces the podcast. Uh, it's called Women Worldwide. And she talks about igniting your passion so that you can excel in life. And it's true. The, the, the podcasts really do provide great information that support uh, she doesn't have just women on the podcast. She has women and men. Yes. <laughs> In fact, one of my favorite guests that you had, um, Drew from renegade.com. Yes, Drew Nicer. Yes. He's yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he was wonderful. He talked about being a leader and setting the vision, building the team and allocating resources. I, those things just really resonated with me. Um, so tell me a little bit more about your podcast. Why did you start podcasting? Oh, gosh. Women Worldwide. Um, well, first of all, 
I'm a firm believer that you have to be out of your comfort zone. I knew nothing about podcasting. That was clearly out of my comfort zone. But it was at a time when um, a couple things were going on. I, I noticed a resurgence in podcasting. Uh, so this was in the 2014 timeframe. And women, I, I was following a, a women's organization and a study had come out, I guess it was uh, something about women in media. And they said that women paled in comparison to men. Um, and especially with podcasts, that only 13% of podcast hosts were women. So I did see that as an opportunity. It was also at the time when women were really uh, being bullied and there was cyber harassment. And I thought, you know what? It really is important to have women speak their, their minds, their voices, power up their voices, have a platform, and be able to share their journeys as an important lesson to others or you know, share your challenges, your successes, and educate along the way. So that's kind of how the podcast came together. So I use the word love a lot. Call me unprofessional, but I love that. I love, love, love that. I think well, I love that you love that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that um, studies show that women who are quite capable, they still feel a lack of confidence. So they don't use their own voice and they need to be encouraged and given an opportunity or a platform to be you know, to be heard. So I love that you're doing that. I try to do that with my podcasts, with my blogs and such. Um, I feel like lifting women in this age, you know, it's always been an issue, but now's the time, at least for me, now's the time for me to contribute and and lend a hand in lifting other women. Um, Me too. Yes. And you do. Again, I think that it tells you a lot if my professor in my master's program bought me your book and gave me <laughs> your book. So that's a thing. I mean, this is a person who has his PhD. He's been around the world. He's worked for agencies and now he's retired and lives in Hawaii. But, um, Oh God, how nice. Yeah. <laughs> he must have done what your book said to do. <laughs> he's a modern communicator. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, um, Tell me a little bit about your proudest professional accomplishment, because you've had so many. Well, thank you. So it was just recently, um, I did an interview on bestseller TV, and it was, uh, I guess, a 20 or 30 minute interview, and it was about my, my new book, and it ended up being selected as one of the interviews to be on United Airlines in-flight TV. <laughs> so, wow. Wow. Oh, I was getting That's calls. <laughs> Thank you. I was getting calls from people all over the country saying, I saw you, you were on my United flight. And they were asking me about the book and asking me about my work. And I just... That was just such an unexpected, wonderful moment. Um, yeah, I, I think Aren't that those was... the best? The ones yes. you didn't plan for and they just happened upon you? I mean, that's wonderful. Thank so, you. I'll have to say, folks, if you're not... So if you've ever looked on LinkedIn, the LinkedIn Learning, um, you popped up there too. So it's amazing. Oh, I love Yeah, it. tell LinkedIn us a little bit about instructor. that. Well, that was really cool. That opportunity came as a result of me being on social media. 
And I'm pretty sure that the, it was a new business development professional who reached out to me. He just Googled PR. <laughs> so there is something to be said about SEO and, and the ability to be found. And I came up and it was at a time, now it wasn't LinkedIn at the time, it was lynda.com. And I didn't even really know what Linda was. Um, but he said, hey, how would you like to do, we're opening up the Linda courses to include PR and marketing, and how would you like to be an instructor? And I, you know, I said, yeah, I'm very interested. And I got off the phone, and my husband's in IT. And Linda was more um, IT training and video courses. And when I told him about that, I think he nearly fell off his chair. <laughs> he was so excited. That's um, awesome. Yeah, I and that Linda. I remember when it was Linda. Yeah, and they got acquired by LinkedIn, and um, I've been with them since 2015, and it's been a great experience. I've expanded my courses beyond public relations. I also do CMO Foundation courses, which are build a marketing culture, competitive analysis marketing communications, go-to-market planning, um, which is just a, a wonderful experience to teach through video. So once again, a little bit of reinvention through media for me too. Nice, very nice. So what can you share with the audience? So I have a, a huge audience of people in our world, but some of them, if not most of them, are in the legal arena because that's the world that I was most recently in-house in. So we are now in the legal arena looking at how does marketing marry with technology now i know the rest of the world has been there <laughs> but legal is always far behind um, so tell me a little bit about the marriage between marketing and technology so every industry is different but it is such an important union for so many reasons um, i mean i think we've all realized that Marketing has to be much more human and about our audiences, um, the, the folks that we're serving. And technology is the way to create a more human experience. And I know people say, oh, what about AI? AI is taking our jobs. Um, artificial intelligence, and all, all technology, social media technologies, it gives us the ability to be more intimate to understand the, the pain points of people, what they like, what they don't like, the content that they share, who they really are. Um, so that's why you have to marry your marketing with technology really to get closer to any of your customers. You know, in the, I, I would hope by now that lawyers are realizing, you know, B2B, marketing and automation and technology, it works. Um, and it is an effort always for a brand to be more human, authentic, and to share its, its own story and its people. Um, so I do think that every industry will benefit. It's just, you got to get on board. <laughs> so it's so funny that you say that because um, I agree, first of all, 100% that technology can make marketing more personal and can connect you. Uh, look at us. Like, how did I meet you? I met you through technology, through social media. So it's counterintuitive to so many who have not engaged yet in technology. And in the legal arena, many have not engaged even in marketing. So they think that, oh, I have a marketing department. They'll take care of it. But no, it's very personal. It's highly personal. Yes. And technology allows them to stay high touch 
um, you can still be high tech and high touch at the same time. You're, exactly. you're proof of that, living proof of that. Um, Thank you. And you know, companies also, I remember this is years ago, um, professional service organizations saying, well, you know, we don't, we don't serve the folks who are using social media. There's no need for technology. That's not who we're serving. Right. But if you're, company, if you want to advance, right? If you want your business to grow, technology even helps you in terms of your recruiting. Technology will help you with your own people and sharing and innovating on the inside of the organization. So I don't think any company out there can say, no, no, we're, we're not going to move with our marketing and our technology and our own communication. It, it, it has to happen. It absolutely has to happen. So I think that, that there are a lot of, uh, we'll say companies, but I, I'll, I'll also say law firms because, again, that's the world I was in most recently. Um, a lot of law firms think that we put static brochureware on our website and we're good to go. Um, and they call it communication. And I say, you know, communication doesn't take place unless there's a 360 degree loop, you know, so you, how are you getting feedback from your clients or prospects when you just put brochureware and say, look at me, it's all about me and yay me, when you're not understanding your clients needs or what their habits are, behaviors, you're not uh, giving them something to download and finding out what their interests are, that sort of thing. So I, I totally agree with you. I, I I know that we want to focus on your new book because of the questions in there. They're so very powerful, but I just want to say something really quickly about your book from 2012. Um, it really is, you know, I read that book and I reread that book and I gave that book as a gift. It really is interesting to me where one might find themselves um, in that book. Like what type of PR person are you? Did you uh, interesting. Yeah. So did you take any of the um, feedback you got from readers of that book and use that in your new book? Like what kind of? Yes. So actually um, the eight practices and I, it, once again, I was just listening to the landscape. So as I created the Q&A most recent book, it was because I was listening and questions were flowing in and I was answering them. Same thing with eight practices. I was crystallizing what everybody was complaining about, didn't understand, needed a little more clarity. <laughs> so the eight practices became the new roles and responsibilities for public relations professionals. And mastering the eight practices, you, if you did that, then you were on your way to being the modern communicator. So you will definitely see signs of um, things coming out of that particular book um, because they all kind of tie together this notion of the hybrid professional and, and how much more we're responsible for today and how PR is not in a silo. So I do think that some of the questions in the book um, were just uh, the next step of what people needed to know from aid practices. That is so great. That is so great. So you walk the walk, you listen, you listen to I your try. Yeah, no. I really so try. 
The only thing that I wish I could have, and this is always in, in hindsight, there were studies done around those eight practices. And even though I touched upon it in my practice, we do take a greater role when it comes to um, HR and recruiting so that internal uh, collaborator, which is practice two, that is something that if I was going to rewrite or do a, another edition of that book, I would include more how we, we work with HR on internal communications and how there's this recruiting component through social media. That's awesome. And I know that HR now, um, we, we collaborate more instead yes. of in these silos where it's marketing, HR, diversity and inclusion. I mean, there's a, it's all one thing now, one team, if you will, with special expertise, um, the collaboration across the board. In, in listening to your podcast, um, the, the, the one, my favorite with Drew, um, I noticed that he mentioned that his female guests are more likely to give others credit and yes yes and i've experienced that same thing as well um in what i teach i teach a lot of deborah tannen's work um so what i teach is the communication style differences between men and women and i find that women do do that we're more of well what do you think or how do you feel about that or I had an idea what what is it you know do you see any holes in in my solution um, whereas men might come up with a conclusion and say, well, here's, here, here's what the answer is. And this is what we're going to do. Let's go. Do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, and it is so different. And that's that, really interesting. Yeah. And that makes for two different leadership styles. So, um, women don't take the chance to promote themselves or self-promote or speak well of their own solutions. And, and I don't know that we can ever change that, but we can certainly as other women, or as others in the case of your guest, Drew, give a voice to those women who would not normally self-promote. Um, Absolutely. You have been such an inspiration to so many, even those that you didn't even realize, like my colleague who saw you, your riveting talk. <laughs> that, wasn't that great? That is that such is a so talk. great. Thank you. I, I don't know if I'm going to fit through the door in my head <laughs> after the show. I'm going to need help or a pin or something. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, listeners, you, you can't see her, but um, if you could, she's absolutely beautiful on the outside as well. As oh, beautiful. thank you. <laughs> um, so, she, yeah, so that all that great hair. <laughs> um, tell me, who has been your best inspirational mentor? Because you've been that to others, I am sure. Well, there have been quite a few mentors. So um, I remember my, my very first mentor was probably in college, <laughs> Tony Fulginetti, uh, a professor, had a great impact on me really, really wanting to get out there and practice public relations. Um, then when I was actually, my first job was um, kind of handed to me by my mentor, um, who happened to be Fraser Seitel. Uh, very well known in the PR industry. His wife was my fourth grade teacher. So wow. Frazier, yes, yes. That's um, amazing. <laughs> great. So he was kind enough to get me my first internship, which turned into my first job. 
And Frazier has just been a powerful force um, throughout the years. I've always watched him and, and kept up with him. And he even, um, he introduced me to John Dorley at NYU. And that's how I got a teaching position at NYU. So mentors are amazing. Uh, there is one other mentor that I do want to mention because he was, um, he taught me so much about business and running a company. And I don't think he even knew how much he impacted me, but um, it was right before I started my own agency. I had worked for Ed Thwaite, who had a, a pharmaceutical brand consulting business with a PR company and an advertising company for pharmaceuticals. And Ed used to um, give me assignments that were things that sometimes I wondered, why am I doing this? Or what does this really mean? And I was learning more about his business, not just the PR and the marketing, but literally his, his operations. And it got to the point where he would go down the shore uh, for three months in the summer, he would leave before Memorial Day and come back after Labor Day. And he would say, I know you got this, so you know how to reach me, but you know, sort of take charge, you're in control. And that really pushed me out of my comfort zone. And at first I was like, oh man, I can't believe he's doing this to me. But in hindsight, he was giving me the greatest experience of my life. What a fantastic mentor. And wow. that just really stuck out in my mind. Um, always aspired to be like him. And yes, I did hope one day I would be able to say to somebody, I'm going to the shore. <laughs> <laughs> and in three months. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. So it's sort of like Navy SEAL training. They just toss you in the water. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Yes. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, that's really, really great. Um, I love that. And, th and this is a good sign. So, so when I train people, it's not about, um, what women are doing wrong when they communicate. It's just about raising awareness of the differences between how women and men communicate. I had one man write to me and say, teach me everything women are doing wrong so that I can share with my staff how these women need to change their communication styles. And I was like, call me. <laughs> you need to call me. So the point in my saying that is I love that your mentors are male. Uh, it's great to see, to see that you, you lift women up and they are clearly supportive of women in business because they mentored you and now you mentor others. And I yes, think and I do have a woman mentor now, actually, I have a business coach <laughs> and, and she's going to interview me for my 200th episode of Women Worldwide. And that is coming soon. I think we're at episode 193. You are, you are. <laughs> I've Yes. I, I'm blown away by your episodes. They're fantastic. Um, folks, you have to tune in to Women Worldwide. Um, again, I said I listen on iTunes, but I'm sure it's available elsewhere. I subscribe, so I get a notification when there's a new um, episode available. Uh, it's fantastic. You're conversational. You're comfortable and casual. Very authentic. I think that um, canned and scripted and all that. That's passe. You know, no one wants that. Yes. I um And selfishly, I am learning so much <laughs> from all of the amazing professionals, the, the people who come on my show. Um, it is wonderful. And unscripted, you know what, we always, um, I do take the time to speak with guests beforehand so we can develop a rapport. 
But after that, it's whatever rabbit hole you want to go down, I'm going to jump along with you. And we're going to have a great time because it's all about their story, their journey. That is awesome. So I think I follow that same um, unscripted path. Uh, I like to sign on and chat with you a bit before we hit record, just so you're not shocked by the Southern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then we go with it. We run with it. And I tell guests, you know, if you don't know the answer to a question I might ask, say, I don't know. Or if you have to call for sneeze, call for sneeze. <laughs> you know, that's how, that's how life is, right? That's right. That um, is dog so barks, That's okay. You know, so, um, well, let me ask you, I, I personally believe in lifting women up and not to say that we need to put men down. That's not my modus operandi that I nope. just really want to give women an opportunity to be heard and respected because like we noted before, they don't take that chance for themselves. So that said, how would you advise other women to support women in business outside of being on your amazing podcast? Oh my gosh, there's so many ways to support women. Um, aside from the podcast, you know, women, you're seeing, thankfully, now more women in media. Um, if you've got a blogger who's a woman, support her. Um, you know, take the time to get to know, network more with, and I think with women and with men. I don't think that we should be excluding men at all. We're in this together. Um, I would also, this is just something that I'd like to address because I do hear it where women are not helping other women or they're not lifting them up and you know have you heard that susan where you see sort of it's um women aren't being supportive and i would say to that that there's something about um we're, we're all in business and there's always competition and sometimes when you feel there's competition around you maybe you're less supportive I would just say, and, and I have so many friends who do exactly what I do. Um, when you get to a place when you're comfortable in your skin and you know your purpose, then everybody around you, it suddenly becomes healthy competition. Yeah. And you look at each other and it's a lot easier. You know what? If, if I can't do this or if I don't want to do this, then I can refer it because I know that these women who are like me are going to run with this client that I'm not going to service, but I want them to have it. You kind of reframe it. Uh, so I guess this is the big one. If you have business and you know a woman who is like you, hand it over. Be, be a yeah. go-giver, as Bob Berg would say. Bob Berg is coming on my podcast. I'm interviewing him tomorrow, and his episode will probably be out on Friday. But he wrote a book called The Go-Giver. And sometimes you just have to give, 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 give. So give to women, even when that means something that you can't do yourself, because you know you're putting it in good hands. And that's some, in, it'll come back to you in some way, shape, or form. So I want to say, I did not want to interrupt you because what you said right there was possibly in my top three most important things on which I, I focus. Um, we face so many gender biases in the workplace and in, in life. The one that hurts me most and that kills me to witness, and I've been on the receiving end of this, 
is the mean girls. Um, and, right. and it really is insecurity on the part of the other where they don't want to see another shine. When my shoulders have footprints on them for all the women I've lifted up happily. And when I see someone shining, I am like, you go girl, own it. I will help you get where you need to be. How can I help you? What do you need? I will fill in the gaps. Let me map your, um, your path if necessary. And if you need me, that's fine. What kills me is when we see, so for example, there's a bias called tightrope bias. Um, I, as you might imagine, have suffered some of that where you are seen as too friendly and studies show that people who view women who are too friendly are incompetent. So then you tighten up and you reinvent yourself and you, you go with your intellectual capital and you start to speak, act and behave as men in business might. And then you're seen as a, you know what? Yep. So the other side of it. So you're walking a tightrope between friendly, too friendly, not friendly enough, you know, not friendly at all. So it's really, really difficult. And it kills me when I see, when I see women treat other women poorly, I want to go up to the bully and say, who has hurt you? Right. How, what how happened? Can I help you? Exactly. How can I help you? So I do a lot of that. Um, this podcast is not about me, but the fact that you said that I had chills listening, I didn't want to interrupt, but I do a lot of that training, a lot of, um, Joan Williams work, uh, Jeff yeah. work, you know, the women, um, we all are out there lifting each other. And then there are just those, those women that make it more difficult for the rest of us. And sometimes I say the worst is when you come across a woman who has fought so hard against the male approach that then she has become that. Yeah. And become- I wonder how much, um, that person recognizes it. Exactly. Which is why I, with compassion, say, who has hurt you and how can I help right. you ever? Um, you have become the enemy. <laughs> Meaning- well, you can with what you've said. And yeah. I, I think that the more um, you can ask those questions, who, who's hurt you? <laughs> what happened? And, and get to that why. We'll see more women being supportive and then everybody else is just going to have to come along. I think the forces to be together and to lift up are getting stronger yes. than not. Yes. And it takes courage on everyone's part. Courage to align with um, both the victim of such treatment and the perpetrator of such treatment. And I think both need our um, support in change in some way. Um, so for me personally, I have studied all the research that shows, you know, the stronger a leader is if she's a female, the less liked she is. If he's a male, the more liked he is. So the stronger the leader, if you're a male, you're well liked. If you're a female, you're not so well liked. That has to change. That has to. Yeah. And it starts with people like you and your podcast and hopefully people like me and mine. Um, Thank let me you. ask you this. What has been, I mean, it hasn't been easy for you, I know, because you have pa- paved some paths. Let me tell you, for years I've heard about you, read about you. Uh, you've been recommended to me, as I've said before. What has been your biggest challenge or setback? How did you overcome it? So uh, the biggest thing on my mind right now, and, and this is really sad, um, it's not work related, but it affects everything in my world. 
we just lost um, our daughter, my stepdaughter, Noelle. She was 24 years old. And that came as such a shock. Uh, So didn't see anything coming. It was tragic. And this is just one of those challenges, huge setbacks. I don't know if you ever overcome it, actually. Um, One thing about sudden death, um, you kind of go on autopilot. And this, I guess this happened less than two months ago. So I've been operating a little bit on autopilot and, um, but realizing that uh, I'm not gonna solve this problem. You know, grieving and, and death is really, really tough. It, it can't be solved, but I contend to it and help my family tend to it. And I think um, one thing that I will say, Susan, that I am thankful for is that I, I didn't realize it, but getting through, um, I had to plan the funeral services and talk with the medical examiner and the, and the police officers and, you know, getting through the donations, setting up the pages, sharing with who needed what, you know, timing of who needed to know certain things at certain times. That was actually all everything that I was trained to do in communications. Um, so I think about my career and how much what I've been doing for 30 years came to light and I, what I've done for other companies and professionals suddenly through personal tragedy, um, played out. And I don't think I could have done what I did if I wasn't, uh, in PR and communication, certainly crisis trained. So I guess that's the biggest challenge, or you want to call it a life setback. <laughs> I have that I've to say, <clears throat> I, I welled up with tears. Mm-hmm. I cannot even, I have been through a lot of trauma and tragedy in my life, but there is nothing greater than, um, the, there's no greater fear for me or, or than to the thought of losing my child. Um, so I know just, you're not you're not looking and no one wants to have to go through that. Uh it's incredible. Thank God you had the skills to cope with the processes, the logistics and such. I hope that you take the time to um you know really, you know, accept, you know, feel this pain. I'm sure it's been yep. terrible, but I know that you've been I'm sure some of your day, much of your day, many of your weeks have been filled with what you just said, those activities that keep you uh, focused on surface issues, um, but it can, I'm sure it will be debilitating if it hasn't already to experience that level of loss. I mean, to, to, to lose a child. I just, I cry daily at the thought of my 17 year old about to leave for college. And you just gave yeah. me a huge perspective that, oh my gosh, you know, if I well, lost- we did that too. <laughs> All, all these, um, that, that absolutely, when every kid goes off to school, you feel this sense of, of loss. Um, this ultimate loss, you made a really good point. Uh, being on a autopilot is not exactly healthy. You're, you're just going through process. So the grieving is really tough. And you have to learn to feel that level of pain. You can't um, make it go away. You don't want it to go away because if you don't 
handle it, it's just going to get all pent up inside of you. So, you know, for anybody out there, all grieving is different. Um, right. you know, it's hard to say everybody grieves differently, but I would just say to feel, to feel that pain yes. and, um, you know, go through those emotions. So for me, I have lost several family members, uh, again, not my own so child, but, um, I grieve through writing. I find mm -hmm. it helpful to me. Not everyone does that, but I embrace the pain. I sit with it. Um, yep. but again, it never goes away, especially, I can't even imagine with the loss of a child. I am so, so sorry. Well, thank um, you. I will I'm sorry about your family members. Yeah. Well, um, life is funny sometimes. And, and I always teach my son, you know, look for the lesson in it. And if it means the rest of your life, you're looking for the lesson in it, know that, that, you know, there's, there's value in continuing every day. There's something, you know, to be in the now and to search for the now, the purpose of the now. Right. Powerful. And it, and it gets you to the next day. Um, so it sure does. Yes. You are a strong, strong, strong woman. I am so sorry for your loss. Please tell your husband Thank you. um, the same. I just can't even imagine. Um, well, I, oh, so I want to know something. Noelle was actually on my women worldwide team. Wow. Yeah. Oh, she was awesome. So what that's why women worldwide is such a passion <laughs> even more. So now, <laughs> sure. Well, what was her role there? How did she help you? Oh, she did creative and she was also uh, working with all of the publicists and the guests, getting them on the show. Well, let's honor her by talking a little bit about her and her happiest, best moments. Where did she go to school and what did she love doing? So she was amazing. Um, she went to TCNJ. She studied uh, psychology. She actually started a chapter at her school. She was president of Active Minds, which was all about mental illness awareness. Um, after she graduated, she went to Spain. So she had studied abroad. So she went to Spain and she was teaching English and she was also getting her master's. Um, so she loved, she loved everything uh, to help people causes. Uh, she also was helping children with autism. She just had special powers and she wanted to give extremely compassionate person. She's so that's amazing. a little bit of a glimpse of her world. So Thank I you. think it's beautiful. You know, the way you speak of her, again, we all grieve differently. For me personally, I would write about her. I would write her story. I would write about her and memorialize her and um, I, 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 she sounds like a giver. I don't know if you've ever read Adam Grant's Give or Take. I, I always recommend his book, Give or Take. There are those Is of us. Is he the author of another very, very popular book? Adam yes. Grant? Yes. He's Is he the originals? Or uh, is that somebody else? I don't know. We'll have to look that up. But look I, up. his most recent book um, is Give and Take. Okay. And he, his premise there is that this world has givers, matchers, and takers. Now, we're familiar with what givers and takers are, and those two together can be a dangerous combination. I am a giver, and in the face of takers, which I have been before, um, it's depleting, and it can destroy me in the face of takers. But then in the middle, he talks about people who are matchers. Those are people who are quid pro quo people. I am not that. However, I can 
um, function well with quid pro quo people because I'm a giver. I don't mind helping others, even if I don't get anything right. in return. Um, so I think you're a giver. Having listened to so many of your podcasts, how you treat your guests, the, you pave a way for them, open a door, a window, an opportunity. You are definitely a giver. And to hear you speak of Noelle, sounds like she was a giver as well. Oh, gosh, she was. Thank you. Yes. Um, I feel like I'm a giver and Noelle was a giver too. I mean, even yeah. to the point when she was so busy in school, she did the um, Best Buddies program. Wow. So that she was helping a handicapped student um, through school. Just, she went above and beyond. She sounds like a gem. Yes. I think the world was a better place with Noelle. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say it sounds like we all, I did not know her, but it sounds like we all lost her. You know, the world lost a great, a great person there. So, um, you know, that takes a lot of courage to work with um, mentally ill or handicapped or, you know. Yes. So there are too few of us out there who, who can do that. Um, I'm not judging those who want to but can't. I'm just saying that kudos to those who do. Yes. And she sounds like an incredible young lady. I'm sure that Thank you and her dad were influences on her. So um, thank you for mentioning that. Um, let me ask you. Tell us something we can't read about you or a surprising fact <laughs> we don't know. Or I love that you're so open, honest, and direct and so authentic. It makes me, um, again, you give me permission to be the same by doing so. So, Well, thank you. Uh, there's two things. There's a toss-up in my mind. And they both like ran by me. Um, one is that I was a bartender making money before my first marriage. <laughs> And I was able to peel a lemon with a spoon in one shot, literally take the whole rind off. Wow. So that, that is a skill. Um, the other thing is I get a chuckle out of the fact that my parents say to me, um, first they said, nobody in the family was ever an entrepreneur. You're the only one. And then I later found out that my grandma was a bootlegger in during prohibition. <laughs> <laughs> she was making Slivovitz. Go uh, which, Right. With a it was a plum wine out of her basement, which was completely illegal. And that was um, the only other entrepreneur. And I got my entrepreneurial spirit from grandma. So those are two things that people just wouldn't know. I think that's hilarious. And I'm so glad that you shared that. So a little bit of um a woman of, of spirit. Yes. That's <laughs> a double entendre right there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So um, it sounds like you have a long line of strong and beautiful women in your family. Again, I'm so sorry about Noelle, but I'm so glad to know you. I feel like I know you. Me too. Glad You're, to know you. Yeah. I can't wait to head your way and meet you in person. That'd and be awesome. For the audience, let us know, uh, and I'll put all this in writing. I do a blog and I share contact information and your bio, but for those who choose just to listen, how can they reach you if they want to reach you? Oh gosh. Well, if you're on Twitter, then I'm at D Breckenridge. So follow me. I'll follow you back. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. I, I always love my friend professional requests on LinkedIn. You can check out my author's website slash blog that has a lot of resources for PR, social media, and marketing. 
That's DeirdreBreckenridge.com. You know what? If you want to email me, um, you can reach me at Deirdre at PurePerformance.com with two M's.com. Excellent. Excellent. So I have to say you're very accessible. Most of my guests are accessible, but you have made yourself very, very accessible. And I think that's one of the lessons you tell others, especially in your profession, be accessible. Um, yes. Folks, she's serious. You can connect <laughs> with her on social media. You can write to her via email. Her website is fantastic. I've used it as a resource. And if you're looking for a pivoting, riveting, amazing <laughs> uh, keynote speaker, she's that as well. So I will. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So I will actually put a link to your book on Amazon in my blog, your new book. And Great. I will, um, yeah, share a link to all of your sites as well as your social media um, sites as well. So you are fantastic. It's been my pleasure and I can't wait to meet you in person. Thank you for your time today. It was really, really great. And I'll keep you guys in my prayers. I'm so sorry about Noel. Thank you. Thank you so much, Susan. It was, it was really great chatting with you and thank you for letting me share about Noel. I really appreciate oh, it. Absolutely. If there's one thing you should know about me and others who know me know this about me, I am all about open, honest, and direct, and I'm a good sounding board and landing pad. And if you ever need an ear, and, and just not even to the public, but if you ever need an ear, you know where to find me. That's awesome. Thank you. All righty. Have a good day, everyone. Thank you, Deirdre. Bye. Thank you. Bye.